All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing's nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth-building market insights. Hi, I'm Matt Schreiber, and this is Bull Bear Radio. We're still on season three, episode number eight. This is the special dividend episode. I think dividends, uh, dividend doctor, they're quite overlooked these days. Everybody's talking about these growth stocks and the markets and passive low-cost investing. I think people lost sight of what works. Dividend-paying stocks, man. Powerful, man. Dividends are powerful. Dude, we, we have one heck of a Reinvesting. powerful episode on Bull Bear Radio here for you today. But first, let's recap markets so far this year. Let's start with uh, S&P 500. Through taping today, up 4.96%. Not too shabby. You know, we're halfway through the year. It's a nice little return there. It's been up. It's been down, up again. So uh, doing pretty hey, good. Hey, man, I'll take a, around 10% number. You know, a 10 spot, we'll take a 10 spot. Yeah, yeah. Well, S&P 500 value is down for the year still, by the way. Ouch. Yeah, down 17 basis points. S&P 500 growth, on the other hand, up 9.84%. So, growth uh, stocks, baby. Growth stocks, baby. Hey, Outperforming. Tech's, right now. Tech's in trouble. Right now. Tech's been in trouble. Last, it has been. Last couple of weeks, man. Now, the Russell 1000, can which is- Can you say tech wreck? I can say it a couple times. Can you tech say it? wreck. Can you say it fast? Tech wreck, tech wreck, tech wreck. Ooh. Hey, we can, Russell we 1000, can do a soundtrack that Russell 1000 value. A few more stocks, all large cap. Value up 58 basis points, so 0.58%. Growth up 9.66%. The index itself up 5.17%. Now, we've been talking about SMID stocks, and we've been loving the SMID stocks recently. Russell 2000 value up 7.21%. Bang. Growth up 11.88%. Whoa. So, I mean, they're they're kind of in the Sounds same like neighborhood. The, yeah, the, the, the Smids, Smids are running hot. Smids running hot. Index is up 9.63%. So now if you want to add 1,000 and 2,000 together, get the so whole minute, broad wait, wait, market, wait right? Hold, 3, 000, hold the phone. It, what? The S&P what? is up 4.9%, but how much is the Smid broad market uh, deal up there, Russell 2000? 9.63. 9.63. 9.63. That's a double. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe we can get... Maybe we can get a, a, a $20 bill out of the uh, Smiths this year. 20%, uh, baby. Oh, a $20 bill? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I hope we get a little bit more than a $20 bill from it. Well, I hope I hope so, too. It depends on how much you got in the bank. So, anyway, uh, you know, if you take all those stocks, roll them up all together, Russell 3000 value up 1.07%, growth up 9.84%, the index 5.51%. So, pretty, pretty Still nice. Still nice. Still nice on a broad market basis. Gotta now, love those Smitties, baby. Now, I was talking to an advisor the other day, right? Okay. Told me bonds weren't down for the year. Do you think bonds are up or down for the year, Dividend Doctor? The down. Yeah, you think down? I think so. Okay. Uh, I High yield up. I can confirm this. High yield up. I can confirm this. Corporate bonds down. Barclays U.S. Corporate Ag, or I'm sorry, Barclays U.S. Ag, so the whole enchilada. Down 2.27%. So that includes, you know, treasuries, corporates, high yields, the whole thing. Down 2.27%. Yeah, 
Short end of the spectrum, long end of the spectrum, it's the whole thing, right? Yeah. Down. Yeah. Down. Bonds, bonds, bonds bond, down. Bonds are holding back or dragging down the portfolio. So these numbers were through uh, through June 11th, by the way. So you know the the June 11th that was like yesterday. Yeah, they'll have changed a little bit by the time this thing airs. But just so everybody's got some context and like, oh, your numbers are all wrong. Well, numbers aren't all wrong. They're just from a couple of days ago. So uh, you know, look, man. You know, I love taking a look at data, history. Professor Matt. Yeah, those of you don't who who don't know anything about me, uh, you know, I, I have a bachelor's degree in history, so I like history. History is a good guide for what could happen in the future because if you've ever heard the, you know, saying history repeats itself, mm-hmm. it tends to. It tends to, you know, not only from a historical perspective, people, places, and things. The markets are one of those things, mm-hmm. right? And they happens happens to repeat itself. One thing that repeats itself is that dividend-paying stocks outperform, outperform long-term over the course of history. And there are these short periods, maybe, where dividend-paying stocks don't outperform and growth outperforms. All I can tell you is you look at some really good statistics. I love statistics. Going back to 1960, 82%, 82%. Put this in your memory bank here, dividend doctor. You probably know this, but I don't know if our, our folks listen to this. No, 82% of the total return of the S&P 500 index can be attributed to reinvested dividends and the power of compounding. 82% compounding dividends. Bam! <laughs> you know, Whoa. and this is going back to 1960, right? I'm a believer. 1960 to 2016, the S&P 500, 82% of what's going on is the dividend I, and compounding, baby. I, I've been saying this stuff for like Holy 35 cow. years. And, you know, I thought just like, look. We're, if, we're, you're gonna, if you're going to invest your money. We're in passive growth stock land at the moment. Let's Let's like reset here. No, man. If you are going to invest your money over the long term, like when you're going to retire, I'm and saying then we need a reset. Retirement reset. You got to have dividend paying stocks. That's the way to. That's the way to win. That's the way to accumulate the capital. Oh, absolutely. Compounding, baby. There's no eighty-two percent. No doubt about it. Whoa. No doubt about it. So from 1930 to 2016, 43 percent of the indexes S&P 500 index return comes from the dividend. Right. 43%. And if you reinvest and compound that, which the index does, S&P 500, right. it's 82% of the total so value like, oh, increase. The, the index was up whatever, man. Well, over time, a lot of that return comes from the dividends and dividends that? reinvested. Where are you getting that information? Oh, man, I'm getting this information from good stuff, man. Who? What's the source, man? Well, you know, Morningstar... Ned Davis research here, a couple of varied sources. I put this together think, special for Bull Bear Radio. I here, got it, man. This right, is, special this is hot stuff. And and I, I the I Bull got, Bear Bulletin. I got a Dividends, little out of that baby. that book called All About Dividend Investing by uh, Don Schreiber Jr. and Gary E. Stroke. If you ever heard of that, I, I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that one before, but all about it's a good read. Investing. It's a good read. It's a good read. So maybe some people have read it, maybe some people haven't. So let's take a walk down memory lane here, right? 1940s, eh, markets did just, eh, okay. We were coming out of the Depression. We rebounded a little bit because of the Second World War. 
If I had to, uh, you know, put a handicap at Don, how much do you, of the return over the 1940s do you think came from the dividend? What do you think? A whole bunch. A whole bunch. I, I would agree with you. How, how about, about how about 67%? most of Seven percent. Sixty-seven percent of the return during that decade came from the dividend. Can you believe that? Yeah, I can believe it. There wasn't a lot of price appreciation. Fifties, right? Happy days. Fifty days. Oh, I love the happy days. Fifties, happy days. Yeah, man, baby. You know how much you think of the dividend there? Happy days. Markets were rocking and rolling. You know, Henry Winkler, man. We did some stimulus there. We built a lot of interstate roadway systems and all that kind of stuff to kind of keep the the good times rolling. Bridges, roads, tunnels, dams. One third. 30% 30% of the S&P 500's return over the 1950s came from the dividend. Because there was a lot of price appreciation now, there. That was a huge, roaring 1960s, bull market. 1960s? Almost a 10% return, straight up compounding. Oh, a little over 10%. Right? Right. From just price appreciation, so baby. You got 20% per year during the 50s with the dividend. Yeah, man. Right? Big dime numbers. Yeah, 1960s, right? We start to go through, oh, man, economic Not slowdown, political economic turmoil, you know, here around the world, the whole thing. Uh, 44% of the return came from the dividend, about 5% price approximately. And to get to, you know, closer to 10% wasn't a bad period, but you had to have the dividend working to your advantage. 1970s. Oh, 73, 74 bear market. <laughs> Oh, de- complete devastation. Really bad. If you're an investor, it was bad, man. Yeah, man. That's where all this buy and hold theory comes from, by the way. But uh, 73, I, I gotta, I got, 73% yeah, of the return came from believe, the dividend, dude. I got to believe that most of the return during that period, because price was negative, negative return for most of the period, it's all dividends, so, baby. So you you'll could notice, pay the weight. So you notice you the, bad, the, the bad cycles, the bad decades, more of the return comes from the dividend. 1980s. The underperforming market cycles, dividends rule. 1980s. 1980s, 28% came from the dividend. Well, that was the beginning of the bear market, a bull market, you know, yeah. coming out of the, the 60s and some volatility and, 70s, and all that kind of stuff during the 80s. All that stuff. But, you know, there was some, some hefty duty 90s, price appreciation. the continuation of the best bull market run ever from, you know, 1987 right through 1999. Really high returns from price appreciation. Right, 16%. Only 16% of from the return came from the dividend, right? Well, not only that, but, you know, c- companies, there was, a, there was a shift. Psychologically, companies backed away from paying so much in dividends and reinvested for growth. They were reinvesting profit for growth. Yep. They weren't doing stock buybacks. Ooh. They weren't increasing More dividends. More on that in a little while. Man, they Ugh. were reinvesting Talk to about grow <laughs> the companies, to acquire other companies, to gain market share. You know, that's the time when you're going to get the best price appreciation return. And dividends didn't fall down. Dividends increased, on average, over 5% during this period yeah. of time. And even with that, because price appreciation was so hot, so rocking, it was the highest price appreciation performing bull market in history. It, it is, if you go back to it, it, in history. But if you just go on this this walk down Man, memory lane, it's you, it's nuts. It's head and shoulders above all the other periods. You bet. But wouldn't you like to see that again? We could, yeah, oh, we might. Man. We might. Whoa, we might. That'd be it, great. This this cycle in the 2010s though doesn't even touch it. Not even close. Right. 2000s. By the way, the two what th- happened in the 2000s, dude? In the 2000s, oh, man. dividend doctor. 
The only game in town was dividends, man. Nobody had any price appreciation from 2000 to 2010. Well, you had two, it was the lost decade. You had two bear markets, It was the baby. lost decade unless you had a dividend working to your advantage, price man. Price appreciation was negative, but the folks who had those... Dividends went positive. Oh, boring oh, dividend the, the dividends. stocks. Bailed they, you out. They made money. Dividends had your back. <laughs> they baby. made money, baby. Yeah, yeah. 2010s, right? So 10 to, you know, the end of 2017. No, 2016 here, I think this uh, study is. Anyway, uh, 18% comes from the dividend. 18% okay. of the return. Again, we've been in a pretty big bull market since 2009. But look, it's, it's a, a shade over a 10% price appreciation return. Two, two, shade. Through 2017, price appreciation, but it, 258%. But it's nothing like the 90s. The 90s is, you know, got to be. Hold on, man. That was like 25% a year compounded yeah. annual rate of return. It's, it's nuts. like nuts. It's nuts. 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 It wasn't that good. But it, compounding, really yes. good. Compounding. It was really good. Absolutely. So the whole period, 1930 to 2016, 43% comes from the dividend. Uh, we didn't have the 30s in there, but again, the 30s look a lot like the 2000s. Hey, man, so, if you're not taking so why would you if you're not taking income today, reinvest those dividends, buy more shares every quarter, and then those shares that you're buying will contribute to increasing the dividend the next quarter, which will buy even more shares. The, and my goodness, compounding is the most powerful by the ally way, you will ever see. By the way, back to the 1960 to 2016 study, if you invested $10,000, right, in the S&P 500. 1960? 1960. Okay, man. Right? $10,000. $10,000 with no dividends grew to $385,000. So 10000 to 385000 that's ten thousand to three eighty three hundred eighty five thousand dollars plus. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's like three hundred. But guess what? Eighty percent. Guess what? If you reinvest the dividends, it's going to be a big number. It's a huge number. Ten thousand to two point one million dollars. Whoa! So, Twenty times the money, baby. So, like, what? What is this about growth stocks? I don't understand. Why wouldn't you buy dividend-paying stocks? I just, I'm not getting it. I don't know. It. That's why we invest in dividend paying stocks. I'm not stocks. getting it. It's, Exclusively. It's, why would you bother with growth stocks? They look so good sometimes. Maybe I should like put. Like they have for the last three or four maybe or Maybe I should years. put. In, but over your lifetime of investing, investing in growth stocks alone because they have these brief periods Don, of outperformance Don, is a loser's game. What do you think? Should I put 97% of my, my, uh, my 401k or you know IRA or whatever it might be in Amazon? stock should well, i do that if you buy the s p 500 the top five or ten stocks are like buying amazon but what about just buying amazon? that's what's driving the should index I just buy amazon that's up like huge man no no okay no. so check amazon, this out amazon may did, continue did you know dividend how about if the government hey. decides to limit amazon's death star capabilities <laughs> i got you i got you know you. they take them so, down like they did like they did the bells man yo hey there used to be a much more powerful AT&T. There, there was. There was you a know? long, long time And then ago. they broke them up, baby. Yeah, well, you know what uh, matters? Dividend policy. You know where I'm going with this? Yeah, man. You know where I'm going with this? Are people paying out dividends, increasing dividends? Are they committed which, to their Which dividends? one do you think, if, if you could buy a stock, which one do you think would perform best long-term by dividend policy? What's your, what's your hunch, dividend doctor? Give it to me. Just give it to me. Rising dividends, baby. Uh, <sighs> Blows it out of the water. So dividend growers and those companies that just pay a dividend, 
This goes back to 1972. 131.1972 so so to 12.31.2016. This is Ned Davis research. So right this here. is companies who are increasing their dividend, they're growing their dividend. They're growing their versus dividend. Versus companies that are just sitting on the dividend. They're just paying they're a dividend. No change in the dividend policy. Those that don't pay a dividend, those that cut or eliminated the dividend, or even, you know, hey, we'll take a look at the equal Let's weight S&P 500. One, one at a time one here. At a time I'm starting here. to get confused. Okay, dividend growers and initiators, right? Uh, since 1972, 9.89% annual rate of return. For dividend growers. Dividend growers and those that started to pay a dividend. 9.8, almost right? 10%. Growing their I like dividend. It. I like it. Right? Had no dividend starting to pay. Beta to the S&P 500, 0.87. So less risk. Less risk. Low vol. Yep. Uh, a 15 standard deviation. Dividend payers, right? Those that just pay the dividend, right? Um, you know, uh, it would include growers, initiators, eliminators, the whole thing, right? It's the whole whole enchilada, as I like to say. Everybody uh, else. It's everything, right? Everything that paid a dividend, 9.09%, beta 0.94. Okay, so higher volatility, lower return. 16.59% standard deviation, too. So, yes, Professor bigger, Matt, bigger Professor roller coaster Matt, ride. Let's not throw out these... You know, heavy duty mass statistics. Okay, okay. Standard so, deviation. So hold on a second. Hold the phone. Beta, beta is is the percentage of risk that you're t taking relative to the index, right? So a point eight or a point nine is ninety percent of the risk or volatility, right? If the index is up ten percent and you have a beta of point nine, you should get a nine percent return based on the level of risk you're taking. If you get ten. That's called alpha. What happens if the stock goes down? If the index goes down? This what, is the same what happens thing. Then? A beta of 0.9 relative to a down 10, you get a down 9. So the same thing happens if the market's down 50, right? A beta of 0.9 would indicate... You're going to be down 45. If you're going to be down 45%. Pretty so, quick, huh? Yeah. So this is really important to understand, folks. If you're looking at a mutual fund that's in your portfolio and you look at the beta, look at the, what index it's relative to. I would suggest common sizing that to an index that you know, like the S&P 500, get the beta. And that is the level of risk you are taking relative to the market. All right. And while everybody is out there saying that we're not going to see more than a nine or five or ten percent decline, oh god, we decline. discussed this last Man, week. Dude, if this dude, thing breaks unravels. and it goes down fifty, like it did the Jerome last two Jerome and his times, buddies decide that they're going right? to raise rates a bazillion times to, to, here today. They're going to they're going to decide to probably get a little bit more frisky on the rate hike. Oh, side. they love it. They love oh, it. Oh, oh. The the Fed always loves to rise rates. That put us right into a recession. They're going to raise them. You talk about history, right? They've done it. They continue to do it. It's history repeating itself. They can't help themselves. I'll be shocked if they it changes. Holy cow. Didn't they you can't. say that inflation, Dude, inflation picked up a little check bit? Check this out. Most recent report this those, morning? Those that's, yeah. Two what, point, what, what's going on? Headline now? inflation, 2.8%. Yeah. 2.8. 2.8. Hey, that's course, a Course 2.2. Hey, that's above. Way above target, it's dude. way above their Dude. 2%. They have this half fixed the in dudes, their mind. Half it's the like, dudes just like lost their minds stone, over in the Fed. You know what I mean? It's got to be 2%. Like, the number should be exactly 2%. We'll pencil the, it the, in. The Fed actually needs to If it goes up a little bit, they need to erase the number breathe, and bring it back. Let to, it go yeah, a little no, bit. No, no, no. Just let's, a little bit. Let's, let's stomp on that accelerator pedal and raise those rates, baby.
No, no. Let's no. do it. That, that, Let's do that it. That isn't stomping on the accelerator. That is uh, King Kong stomping on the brake. Going to oh. shut down. Oh, I thought this it was a good thing. We had to tame that inflation, the bear right? market's coming. Oh. Okay. So we don't want them to raise rates let's, more. Let's look. Uh, no change in the dividend policy. Paid a dividend, didn't change the dang thing. Just paid it, right? Okay. So growers, 9.89. Dividend payers, all policies, 9.09. No change, 7.37%. That's not so good. How about non-dividend beta, payment Beta stocks? of one, by the way. Yeah. Those that did not pay a dividend. Yeah, what do they okay. look like? The non-dividend-paying growth stocks that everybody's wait, been so excited wait, about. Excited. Wait for it. Okay. Two point. I had to check this. Two point three nine percent. Two point three nine percent. Two point three nine percent. Return since when? Uh, that's since nineteen seventy two, bro. Nineteen seventy two to now. Yeah, and g- non dividend paying <laughs> and growth guess, stocks. And guess what the beta is to the S and P on that stuff? More than one. One point two nine. 1.29. So if the market goes, taking 130 percent of the risk to, hey, so to not the, get the dividend, so the market, it underperformed if, if the market, dramatically. If the market takes a big dump here and goes down 50, yeah, your non-dividend paying stocks are going to take a, a big dump go down too. 55 or more. Talk about a dump. Oh, oh man, that's oh, ouch, that's, that's, ouch. That's, some, that's stinky right there. Oh man, that's Ooh. like you know. Chainsaw That's brutal. cut my arm off. Yeah, kind of standard deviations twenty four point seven two percent. Twenty four. Twenty four. That dude. That's a roller coaster ride. So think right. If you have the the market's up ten or down ten, same scenario. Yeah. Right. A roller coaster ride. It's you know the standard deviation of the S and P five hundred equal weighted over the same time period seventeen. Right. So if you have a twenty four, you're going to have. Higher You're taking highs, at least but lower lows. Yeah, think about it. You're taking almost fifty percent more volatility. So you're going to get on Bigger, one of the a roller coaster one of those ride that makes you gigantic throw roller up. coasters. It's throw gonna, up or derail, and you go ah, just throw up. So Splat. dividend dividend cutters and eliminators negative return minus four point four four so, percent. <laughs> Hey, hit this equal weighted S and P five hundred seven point five two percent. Folks, there's a lot of people. Dividend out growers. There. Wait a minute. Hold Dividend the phone. growers. Hold the phone. Dividend doctor needs to weigh in here. There is a lot of people out there that are chasing yield as if it's the only thing that's important. Matt just said something really critical. Those companies that cut their dividends mm-hmm. because they're in financial trouble. They may have a really like high a 7, headline eight, nine, yield. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12% eight, yield. Nine, could be 10. beautiful from a it, yield it perspective. It could look great from a yield perspective. But you're going to lose money. You're going to lose your capital because they can't sustain the dividend. And the only thing that's attracting people to those companies is that high dividend yield, the headline. And mm-hmm. when they cut that, the stock price goes down <laughs> dramatically. Yes. <laughs> Think about volcanic eruption. So you don't want to buy companies for the headline yield that have weak fundamentals. you got to have hey, high-quality fundamentals. Sorry about the sound effects high, over here. We're not cool as Kramer, yield. man. He's got the all, the whole push-button thing. You know? No, 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 man. Uh, we, much, hand, much, we handle our own sound yeah, effects. We don't, We're way we don't cooler need than some, Kramer. We don't need some donkey, uh, way, you know. Uh, way cooler. Donkey sound effect. Way cooler. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good, right? Yeah. Okay, we'll be back in a minute. 
At WBI, our goals are simple. We build outcome-oriented investment solutions to reduce loss and maximize return. We want to grow the largest capital base possible so you can achieve your goals. Call us today at 800-772-5810 to find out how we can help you and your clients be successful. Yeah, so we're back, you know. I, I, look. Hey, man, we hope you find this refreshing because we're not talking about earnings this week. Yeah, you know. But 83%. Of the S and P five hundred's juice comes from the dividend, you know, long term Re- right. reinvested dividends, man. So that's what we're talking about today. Whoa. So look, th- I, I've been hearing, you know, every time I talk about yield, and maybe you talk about a specific product, right? Everybody's quoting a different yield. It drives me nuts. But you know, that's why di- these these short drive these 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 data providers. Or, or in business, everybody's got a different data stream, different definitions of stuff. Well, when what's you're talking the, what, about what's yield, the most there's some normally mo- quoted. What there, are people there, talking about? There's a lot. So look, you've got trailing 12 month yield, you've got indicated yield, SEC yield, and you've got underlying holdings yield, right? Okay, so, so let's, let's break this let's down. Cover quick. them once in a, one at a time, right? All right? Let's go from uh, so indicated yield then SEC. All right. Yeah. So if you are Let's say a Morgan Stanley advisor, okay? Morgan, yeah. Yeah. Your system is going to be quoting indicated yield. You want to know what that is, Dr. Do, Dividend I do, Doctor? I do. Enlighten me. Okay. So, the most recently announced net dividend annualized based on the dividend, then divided by the current market price, okay? So, this takes the last dividend paid. Which could be up to four months ago. Times four. Times four. Divided by the current price. That's stupid. That's what I thought. How does that have to do anything? What does that have to you do know, with what the thing's I'm, yielding if, today? If it's what it trying- yielded a quarter ago times four divided by today's price. Well, how about if the price is up 10%? My God. I mean, that's dumb. Right. It's going to be lower then. And what if they didn't collect as much dividends as they are now because the product's yielding something different? Right. Oh. <sighs> Seems like a really bad way to go about trying to determine yield. Okay, so let's do this one. Why people use it, we don't Trailing know. Trailing 12-month yield. Rear view mirror, dude. Rear view mirror. It's what the product has done. Oh, wait a if minute. The, but if the product's no, designed I... right, this might give you hey. a basis for what it might do over the next 12. Yeah, man. Would you when, agree? When I'm investing my money, I like to know what something actually did. So right? I kind of like you this like one. that one, okay? Yeah, I like that one. So indicated so yield, you think bogus? How does, how's that calculated? Wait a second, trailing Bo- twelve months. Indicated yield's bogus, correct? I, I, well, I it's really not a couple different moving parts. There, it isn't applicable to today's yield. Twelve month yield. Sum of gross dividends per share that have gone X over the last twelve months okay. divided by the current stock price. Okay, so here we go again, right? Now at mm-hmm. least I know what I collected if I was an investor. Mm-hmm. So that's real experience, kind of real proof. It's what it? it's what it's you've proof collected. In the pudding. It's yeah. And it's divided by today's price, which I'd have to buy it at today. Mm-hmm. So at least that has some rational uh you know, process value yeah yeah in my, some, in, in, my, in my in my in my brain calculation okay so i like that one that one is quoted less often okay. i don't know why but less often you how do we get it closer to what the uh 
the product is yielding right first, now. Dude, first, first, we got to get through 30-day SEC yield. Oh, I know this is going to be This is quoted doozy. on Morningstar, you know, if you go to Morningstar.com, 30-day SEC yield. Because regulators always get it right, okay? Uh-huh. Shh, shh, not. Hey, look, they're nice people. They do a good job. They do a good service to investors. Keep it right there. This calculation is based on a 30-day period ending on the last day of the previous month, okay? So you take the 30-day period ending. This is the last day of that 30-day period, last day of the month. It's computed by dividing the net investment income per share earned during that period, the 30 days. For a month. Divided by the maximum offering price per share on the last day of the period. Maximum offering price. Is that what it's trading at today? Yes. Okay. The highest high of today. Oh, the highest today or the over maximum, the last 30 days? The maximum offering price on the last day on of the, the period. On the last day of the month. Mm-hmm. Not today's price. The last day of the month. Yes, that's correct. The highest offering price on the last day the of the month. The figure often lags by one month. And when it dash appeared, the yield is available. Uh, the yield available is more than thirty days old. So, so wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, companies typically, not always, but companies typically in the United States pay dividends quarterly. Mm-hmm. So, if you're not on, if the last, if the month that you're not doing this calculation and doesn't happen to be the last month of the quarter, yeah, this can fluctuate. Then this is completely worthless. Yeah. Now, even in a fund, right? You're, and if it happens to be an international, month, an international stock, they don't pay. From month. Companies, most six companies months. don't pay quarterly. Or annually. They pay every six months, or they pay special dividends, or they do both. Right. So, and so this is, you know, cockamamie. So for like an ETF or no a mutual fund, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Regulators. Right? So go back to, you know, the 12-month yield gives you a better baseline for what the product has done. Less, less you know, stuff going on, right? Man, man, I'm telling you, you know, I, I think we could do a better job to help people understand, you know, what yield means. Huh. I really do. I huh. think that, you know, um, the SEC could, could do a better job with this. Uh, uh, you know, holding, like you said, they're holdings good people. Yield. They, they could do a good job with this. Holdings yield, right? This seems antiquated to me. Yeah, well. I bet it's been around for 50 years. Well, they're trying to increase transparency, right? Right. That's what regulators but have been have, trying to do for the last decade. Man, you have to do that. You have to use the right methodology. Holdings to do that. yield. To what the 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 product is yielding today right. seems like so something can, that makes sense to where, me. Where can I find holdings yield? Well, you can find that on Morningstar. You go to portfolio tab, the portfolio tab. Instead of the quote page, go to the portfolio tab. Right, it's right there. It says dividend yield percentage. That's underlying holdings yield based on what the little disclosure says at the bottom. Okay, so could be today, uh-huh. could be could be the end of the month, but it'll tell you right at the bottom in the little fine print. Portfolio yield. Dividend yield percentage. Percentage. Okay. Yeah. So that's holdings yield. So now and, if I'm going to buy into a product, yield, I know what the holding holdings are yielding or generating and, right and now. And so this is how it's calculated. Today's price. And this is how it's calculated, right? Hey, oh, dividend doctor, hold, hold up, man. This is how the dividend's calculated. The calculation for a fund is the weighted average methodology to compute the aggregate value for dividends across the portfolio. Okay, so wait a minute. We've got... Dividend yield by position right. based on how big the position is. Okay, so we have a a weighted yield by position. That's right. Right? 
Yep. Across the portfolio, and then we take the average or the weighted yield of the portfolio. Yeah. So it's an accurate calculation of what the holdings are currently yielding. Yeah. So if you had to rank this. And then this it's divided by today's price. On what you use. So I have, I have both things line up. The thing that I think is so important from a transparency standpoint is I have. Preach, dividend doctor. I have the holdings and I have a calculation that is looking at the yield mm-hmm. of the holdings for the product today. Yep. And then I am dividing. Which should be what, what you I'm get dividing, in the future. I, I know what the cash flow potential is, and yep. I can, and I divide that by the price, and that gives me the portfolio holding yield. So I have both things line up. I've got today's. No, it's the, it's the weighted average of the dividend yield. No price factored in. Oh, but I know what I'm going to buy it at today. So I know what the value of the yield is, and I know what my price is. I'm that's good. right. I'm good. That's right. I'm good. And I, so, so that's the best calculation. That's what we're yielding today. It's what we could yield in the future. I like to see, you know, like you were saying, what the product has done over the last 12 months. These other calculations, net indicated yield, bogus, right? SEC yield, not so good. Well, I think they give us wrong answers. And it's what those things are the ones that are most quoted. It's really frustrating. It's really frustrating for us because we don't think that they're leading people to get the right answers. They're getting right. the wrong, bad answers just because that's a methodology that happens to be on screen and everybody quotes it like it actually is Makes meaningful. a difference. It's yeah. meaningful. It's not meaningful. It's, it's not meaningful whatsoever. So let's use so let's, let's, holdings let's remember, yield, man. Holdings yield, holdings yield is accurate for today. 12-month yield, awesome for what you did in the past. Hey, man, I'm from Missouri. I like to know. Tell, show me what you've done. Yep. yep. So, hey, look, that was our dividend master class. If you want to know more about dividends, read all about dividend investing by Don Schreiber Jr., Gary Stroik. It's available on Amazon. Uh, we're coming at you here on uh, you know podcasts, iTunes. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Google Play. If you want to check us out, check us out on LinkedIn, WBI CEO, WBI President uh, on, on the Twitter, and LinkedIn, Matt Schreiber, Don Schreiber. Um, so I got that a little wrong uh, in order in my brain, but hey, WBI President CEO on on Twitter, Bull Bear Radio on Twitter, Instagram. Check us out, uh, you know, and uh, you know we'll okay. be coming back at you next week with some more uh, brilliant investing uh, ideas. Have an abundantly blessed day. Div- yes, dividends. In ma- our opinion, those were brilliant investment ideas. I mean, dividends matter. Yeah, yeah, dividends matter. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stock discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly in this podcast, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time and there is always a possibility of loss. Moreover, you should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a receipt of or as a substitute for 
personalized investment advice from WBI or from any other investment professional. To the extent that you have any questions regarding the applicability of any specific issue discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or the professional advisor of your choosing. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Information pertaining to WBI's advisory operations services and fees is set forth in WBI's disclosure statement in Part 2A Form ADB, a copy of which is available upon request. Although a company may pay a dividend, prices of equity securities, including those that pay dividends, fluctuate. Investing on the basis of dividends alone may cause an investor to buy or sell certain securities when circumstances may or may not be favorable.